everybody. Welcome to the Catholic Reading Challenge. I'm Mike. Hi, it's Jess. We're glad to be back discussing some more of our James Joyce here for the close out of April. I love James Joyce. He's such a stud. Uh, I have to admit, I read this story last minute, just like college, just like high school, <laughs> waiting until the last minute to get stuff done. But I did it out on the back deck, rocking my new iPad Pro. I read it in Notability. Oh, yeah. I figured out Notability. If you listened to the last podcast, I was having some tech problems, and now I figured it out, and I love it. So, yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this. But, you know, when I read this story, it made me think of my beautiful wife. I'm not really sure why. Yeah, why? Not the girl why? in the story. So if you did read that Let's and you clarify. think that I'm talking about the, the young lady in the story. No, not like that. <laughs> but um, I think if Jessica, like, wrote a short story, it would be this descriptive. The characters would come alive. I don't know. It's quite a compliment. I yeah, really... I, def- I definitely couldn't write anything like this ever. So I'm very well, excited, and I want to. I want her to kind of just go for it because she's already smarter um, and infinitely oh, better looking than me. Tsk, tsk. But yeah, I think I she's, don't know if um, before we jump into this, why don't you tell everyone what you just poured yourself there? It looks yeah. Yummy. I highly recommend this. I have my little. What kind of glass is this? It's called a Glen Karen glass. Yeah, Glen. I have no idea, but I've broken a couple of them. And yeah, they're I find like the little tulip quite, shaped. Um, quite fragile. If you're drinking like whiskey or any type of alcohol, whiskey, and you just want to sip on it, this has the um, tulip shaped little glass so you can get the nose on it. And I'm drinking a. I usually don't drink um, blended scotches. I have a few. <laughs> I was wondering where that was going. I usually don't no, drink. No, I usually don't drink blended scotch. I'm a bourbon guy. Through and through, I drink a lot of bourbon, but I highly, highly, highly recommend this. I actually love it. It's called Monkey Shoulder, right? And Monkey Shoulder is a blended malt scotch whiskey. I'm going to read the little description right here. Okay. Rooted in malt whiskey history and inspired by the malt men who will turn the malting barrel by hand, Monkey Shoulder is blended in small batches of three fine space-side single malts, then married to achieve a smoother, richer taste. So a lot of blended scotches have numerous single malts in them. That's okay. why it's a blended scotch. Okay. This has three, and I think the distilleries, it's the Glenfiddich company who, who owns this, but oh, it's good. And if you're a bourbon drinker, if you're not a scotch drinker, um, I know scotch can be kind of a jump. I, I like all whiskey. It's funny, James Joyce, I should be drinking Irish whiskey. But right, we don't, I don't, we don't right. Have, actually, I'm not a big fan of Irish whiskey. Yeah, I know. They're okay. But um, again, I like high-proof bourbons, full disclosure. But yeah, Monkey Shoulder is awesome, and it definitely has that malt taste to it. Well, it sure looks like you've enjoyed it since this is the end of the bottle. Yeah, but I've had this bottle for like two years. She's trying to act like I have something going on. This no, bottle, no, no. I'm I will say, say, though. This dur- is your last glass here. During the quarantine, there's been a lot of, we used to call in college when we would drink all the beer and we line them up, we would call them, I probably, I shouldn't say that. We would call them, um, whatever. I'm not going to say what we call them, but um, I don't offend anyone. But this this bottle is empty. I have to admit, during the quarantine, about six weeks, I do finish off the evening with a little nightcap. Yeah, my, my nightcap is my Bengal spice tea. Um, Wild woman over here. Yeah. Well, so and uh, English period piece <laughs> from Amazon Prime or Netflix. Am I right? Oh, with my English period piece. If, if I'm letting myself watch a little She loves show. them. I'll come in here. I stay up later than her. And I'll come into the bedroom, and she'll be asleep with, like, the iPad still open. And it's either... Like a Jane Austen adaption, 
an Amazon show that kind of has that feel to it or one of those um, BBC like mystery shows, yeah. which is all those are all good choices. Jessica, you know what? I haven't had a sip of this yet. So what we're going to do on the spot for our listeners is I'm not going to taste the monkey shoulder first. You don't even drink this up. I want to know what you think that tastes like. Well, I am technically um, already intermittent fasting. No, right now. take a sip. Come on. Just one. No, you go ahead and tell us how it is. Unbelievable. We're here on the podcast. You're not going to do it. Come on, please, just this one time, just take a little sip. All right, all right. All this right. will be good for you. Man. Oh, it smells good. Yeah, it tastes good. That's why I want you to try it. That is that is good. It's delicious. It's Very super delicious. tasty. Okay, this is from a person who doesn't even like, who intermittent fast. <laughs> And she can't drink anything no, like this. No, I just don't. Well, no, I just don't drink whiskey typically. I'm more of a wine person. Well, I love wine too. I love all. I Given love it like all. my dietary lifestyle, I don't drink that much alcohol. But speaking of the quarantine, I drink a little bit more wine. Than yeah, I wine's know. great. You know, it's really funny when I was. Um, I just told this story to someone. I grew up evangelical, and I don't know if all evangelical denominations are like this, but mine totally was. Like the Assemblies of God, it was in like the bylaws that. Alcohol was a sin. Yes, I don't know if that's still the case, but it was back in the day. Like it was no, no. And I will never, I'll never forget when we became Catholic. Our, um, our, what day was it in the summer? You know, the, you know all the dates. I don't, it was June something. Right? Oh, June twenty second. Yeah. yeah, June twenty second was a Saturday, correct? A Saturday morning. Yeah. And we had we did a morning mass, and we we entered in the church, and then we went to our friend's house to throw us a party, and it must have been like when we got to their house, it must have been like ten thirty and eleven o'clock, and there was just alcohol everywhere. I think mean, it was pretty close to lunchtime. I'll Whatever, say. it was early, <laughs> and I'm like, yep, you know, and and I I joked like this is why I became Catholic. Now listen, I understand certain people struggle with. I'm not even making light of that, but um, I do really really enjoy. Uh, an evening drink, and I enjoy a good cigar. I probably smoke more cigars than I should. Um, but I, my whole view on cigars, to be honest, my, my friends are getting on me. They're like, oh, there's this virus going around. You want, like, healthy lungs and all that? <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I, first of all, I kill it on Peloton. Oh, kill yeah. It. I'd say you have some pretty healthy lungs. Yeah, like, I'm, like, killing it on Peloton, and maybe I just cancel it out. With, but you don't inhale cigars. Here's the thing, though. If I did get, like, sick, right, mm-hmm. and I'm, like, in a hospital bed, and then I'm thinking back the day before I got sick, and I didn't have the cigar. I would have been like, "Well, man, regret." Well, I mean, you don't inhale cigars anyway, so yeah. But like, I, regardless, I'm like, yeah. You know, if I was gonna get sick, I would want to have cigar before I, I couldn't have a cigar anymore. Now we made a really interesting discovery. A recommendation of my sister and her husband actually. They had been getting into canned wine, and the issue that we have with wine, as I said, I don't typically drink that much. So we have this issue where like canned you, wine. I know it sounds... It's wine in a can. It sounds off, but like here's a, the deal. Like a beer can well, here's or a soda the deal. can. It's two servings. So you open a can it's and great. you each have yeah. a glass mm-hmm. and then you don't feel like... Or if you're by yourself and your wife's asleep, you open the can. Or that. And you, you drink the whole can. But it's like, I mean, some people listening would be like, we don't have trouble finishing off a bottle. But... You guys are awesome. You're not intermittent yeah. fasting at 8.03 on a <laughs> Friday night. That's me. No. Yeah, and you, you look great. You're, you're, you're awesome. You have body karate. Well, like a yeah, kung fu I mean, chop to the head, you got it going on. It's, it's more than that, but um, I, that's good enough for me. I mean, health wise, actually, we've been getting into some pretty good paleo keto recipes too over the quarantine. So all the food food stuff yeah, has been it's been good. I mean, good I'm, we're pretty healthy, but I do like monkey shoulder. You can get it anywhere. It's like thirty bucks, so it's it's pretty cheap, and it's a blended 
scotch that people who like that kind of stuff will like and also people who are new to it will like. So there's your there's your recommendation. All right. So, well, we'll get into the story even though we are not drinking anything Irish. Nope. Um, no Irish tea. Speaking of Irish tea, so I was on Twitter and I follow a dude named Michael Doherty. He's like this conservative Catholic guy. And we drink Yorkshire Gold Which all the time. Quite a funny video on yeah, Instagram. Want, the maybe other I'll day post about, it to this. It's funny. But he, oh man, I got to find this. So I drink Yorkshire Gold. I love Yorkshire Gold. So good. And this person, though, he, he retweeted this. Okay, it's called, here we go. Berry's Tea? Berry's oh, Tea heard. Gold Blend. And I asked this person. I have heard of that. I said, yo, seriously? Now, there's some PG County slang here, so they might not know what I actually asked them. I said, yo, seriously, better than Yorkshire Gold? That has been my joint. Now, joint means like it's just my thing. Uh-huh. But I'm open, but the person hasn't responded. So if Barry's Tea, I'm willing to try something. But Yorkshire Gold is really good. It's hard oh, for me to imagine good. there's like a more satisfying kind of tea like that. But yeah. It's delicious. So the there, are, on Amazon. there are um, alcohol and tea recommendations for everyone this evening. Those are just some free <laughs> freebies. Um, What's right. your intermittent fasting? Unless you're intermittent. Then fasting. you can add the tea, but you just can't put milk in it. Right. Well, who wants to drink English tea without milk? Yeah, that's why I don't. That's no why thanks. I'm Bengal Spice in the evenings. Yeah. Um, all right. So the boarding house. Yep. So this is actually, a, I mean, there's so many similarities. Obviously, you know, he wrote The Dubliners, the series of short stories of people who lived in Dublin. All right. So you have all these different sketches. Wonderful sketches. Yeah. But this story... It's awesome. Felt so different than Araby in in a way. It's kind of had, it had a real different tone to it, right? It was much more lighthearted, I think. I thought ways. it was going to be serious in the beginning because it was talking about Mr. Mooney and coming how he went to the like. The I thought keeper. that was going to be the, like he was going to kill her or something. Yeah, no, no he doesn't even a, really appear in the rest of the story. No, so I actually listened to this story twice. I say earlier when I kind of was picking stories, I had listened to it and then I listened to it again. When I say I listened to it, I listened to on LibriVox because there's this fantastic um, reader with an Irish accent. So it really made, yeah. I mean, I felt like I was like, I there. felt like Joyce was basically reading it to me or I was just there. So it was great. So, but the second time I listened to it, I picked up more on the beginning. I said, okay, what's going on here with just what you said? It starts off with her and her husband, and then her husband, you know, we don't we don't hear from him again. It's just, this is just like backstory. Mm-hmm. But but we know with short stories, you know, we talked about this a lot several times before. There's an economy with words. You only have so much space. Don't ever assume that something in a short story is just there incidentally. Most of the great short story authors don't waste words, and there's not just something in there that doesn't mean something. So what I think a little bit of my, this is my humble opinion, might be going on at the beginning here is you're giving, he's giving us a sketch of what Mrs. Mooney's experience of marriage is. Oh, good, good insight. And it is not. No. (laughs) It is not pretty. I love this line, but as soon as his father-in-law was dead, Mr. (laughs) Mooney began to go to the devil. You know you're bad when you're going to the devil. <laughs> Drank, plundered the till, ran headlong into debt. Just a disaster. This man's uh, life is train a wreck. Train wreck, exactly. And and he tried to get his wife with a cleaver. Came after his wife with a meat. But, but who hasn't done that? Right. right? During all, the quarantine. 
Well, yes, it might be a touchy subject for some of us. Who hasn't gone after their, their spouse with some type of weapon? It's getting a little dicey at week uh, seven. But, um, yeah, it really is. <laughs> but so she, it, it's funny how sort of, uh, she hits me as this woman who's just like taking life in stride. Yeah, she's kind of been dealt a bad hand, but she's rebounding. She got custody of her kids. She got separated from her husband. You know, she she even had the church just you know. She's an oppressive lady. Everything. She got her own. She got a boarding house going here. But she's also right here. I highlighted. She's a big, imposing <laughs> woman. Yeah. So I have, loved this story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. For stuff got, like that, like lines like that. Well, we have good characters here. So we have this like. So I, again, I think that that background is important. I'm worried about our next author, like Joyce. It's like you watch Michael Jordan play basketball, and then you watch this other guy who's a Hall of Fame, and you're like, "Well, you're not Michael Jordan." That's how I feel about Joyce right now. But go ahead. Uh, well, Eudora Welty is our next one. I don't think I think she, you know, okay, she's pretty pretty good too. But I will trust you on that. But anyhow, so this idea of this kind of a woman who has a daughter, Polly. A big imposing woman. A big imposing woman who's trying to marry her daughter off. You get the you get the fact that her daughter's been around a while. She's taken she's had She her, has been around. Well and yeah, she seems to be a girl who's um, about town. Yes. Let's just say she's not uh Hey, you're a cutie with father issues and you live in a boarding house. To me that's a, a that's a recipe for a recipe for disaster. For disaster. <laughs> Yeah. Or like a like a like a bad movie. Anyways. Right. It's not it's cards. <laughs> but she she has a good heart. Nine your favor. Um so anyway, you've got this woman who's trying to, you know, marry her marry her off. And I think this just interesting backstory that like that's her story, yet her daughter ends up, you know, getting involved with this guy. And okay, so her I'm sorry. Her daughter ends up getting involved with this guy. Jessica's looking at my highlights, and oh, yeah. we know the big opposing woman, Mrs. Mooney. She dealt with moral problems as cleavers deal as a with cleaver meat. deals with meat. Yeah. Oh man. So we get that cleaver great, image dude. come back. So she we, just goes for it. Yeah. So basically, the way her husband came after her with that meat That's cleaver how she is how she's going to go after problems. some moral. Problems. I love this lady so much already. So we always yeah, got this daughter who. I mean, this stuff happens, right? Mm -hmm. You know, but in this era, you know. Yeah, you had to make it right. Yeah. I like that. You do. Old like, school. I remember it was, remember Downton Abbey. That was like, I didn't really like that show like everybody did, but I did like that. Of like, course you I, didn't. I thought the season one was good. I thought it turned into a soap opera. That's oh, my personal opinion. I think it's a bit of a stretch. Anyway, but, well, yeah, we digress. Everybody loves that show except me. Um, but yeah, like I like that. I like that properness. Yeah, so there's a proper well because clearly the way we're doing it today is just we're knocking out of the park. Oh yeah, we've really got yeah, to like everyone's it. just healthy and moral and happy. So right, yeah, right. post sexual revolution. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, look, the record speaks for itself. I'm being sarcastic. If you didn't realize that, yeah. yeah. So obviously, we got to step back in time to a time where, um, I mean, I'm you know there are going to be some people who read this who're like, oh well, this was in an. Age of antiquity when people, you know, thought you waited till you got married to those cavemen. Yeah. So, so stepping back into this under cultural understanding that, well, no, this is just not what you did for a variety of reasons because you, you took away a woman's. Um, you, he had simply taken advantage of Polly's youth and right. experience. That was evident. The question was, would reparations, would he, oh, what reparations? I wish I could, it was literate. That would help me on this podcast. 
what reparations would he make? Right. So this idea that you you took something that wasn't yours, and that that this that there is an idea, and that marriage had that kind of an idea, like in a good way, the contractual part of like this is not does not belong. To awesome. You. I, I and well, you know it's cool though. Okay, and this is we're gonna move forward and then come back. Okay. So in the beginning, it's like, oh, this dude took advantage of her. But then you get some insight later on that she was just as much as part of this whole scenario. I think she was oh, like... pretty close, too. She yeah, was I like sed- almost seducing him in a way in certain scenes, I mean, right? I think it was pretty... Your average two people Have you right seen... Do you right remember time? Nacho Libre just... when uh, the, the the nun, Carnacion, is that her name? When she like... He like goes to her room at night. He's wearing the nightgown. He's like made her toast. Like he goes into her... That's what I thought of. When they like oh, they meet hilarious. each other, that's what you thought of. He's like, I made you some toast. Like they're like they come together when everyone's asleep at the boarding house in their. In it their was, that was a funny part in the story. She came because she needed to relight her candle. But I, I, that's you yeah. heard that in college. I use that on Jess. Knocked on Jules' stores. Hey, hey my, my candle, candle blew out, out. <laughs> and I just happened to be walking by your room. One thing led to another. That's kind of that's kind of creepy. Yeah. Um. Okay, so that happens. But here's like, so here's the crux of the story. We see this. She's kind of, she's seen her daughter be flirtatious with people before. She's kind of runs her boarding house. It seems like she has fairly decent people there. But, you know, it's like you said, a house full of men. And Um, we are the worst. (laughs) They're the worst. Mark my word. So, you know, she's watching this happen. And then all of a sudden she's like, okay, I got to take action. Clearly, I'm hearing people say things. And she goes at moral problems like a cleaver to meat. Like a cleaver to meat. She's ready to take action. Put that on my gravestone. Like when I, Mike told me, he went after moral problems like a cleaver to meat. Well, you're going to have to live that out. 1980 to 3,025. Wow. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) I didn't want to like, I didn't want to make you think I'm kicking the bucket soon. So I went away in the field. You guys, yeah, I'll probably outlive my family if that happened. So we get to that point where she's like, okay, I got to take action. And clearly this, the only thing that is acceptable here is for him to marry her. So this is what's going to happen. Word. So then we're left with, I think, a discovery in the story of, okay, what kind of a person do we have going up against this? What was it? Imposed, big, big imposing, imposing woman, woman who goes at morals like a cleaver to me. Yes. So this guy is kind of, I mean, he's not going to stand up to that. Can I talk about something from like a literary per- perspective yes. that I thought was really Please. cool? So this, this story was in the third person. It wasn't first person. But it was like episodic in the sense of like the perspectives. So it kind oh, yeah. of showed like the the, the lady Miss Miss what's her name. So I think we'd call that multi vocal. I loved it, and then you yeah. kind of got the the dudes like all of a sudden because it, it totally. would be it would be easy to, like look at this guy and kind of paint your own picture of him, but then you kind of see his perspective. Yes. And you see her perspective. You see the daughter's perspective. It was. I'm so really glad cool. that you brought that out. It it definitely is, has a multi vocal element to it. Because like you had different narrators, which was neat. You hear all three voices. So you hear the mom's perspective. You hear Mr. Doran's perspective, mm-hmm. and you hear Polly's perspective yeah, while she's in there waiting for <laughs> to see what what's going to happen with all this, how this is going to resolve. But what I thought was interesting, as you listen to Mr. Doran's whole, you know, he's thinking through this sort of like logically. Yeah, but it was really, I like the way they did it, because... I, I think it was kind of a universal guy, like, oh, yeah. my life's over, I want to run away, like, my freedom is, here's this line, yeah, well, once you are married, you are done for. Yeah. 
Of course he had to do it. His instinct urged him to remain free, not to marry once you marry, he'd done for. Like, I mean, that's... Okay, so wasn't it... I think that it... I think it brought out their couple elements. Like, obviously, there are things that he and Polly found attractive about each other and mm-hmm. maybe interesting about each other. But then there were also... There's also an element of boredom that can come up, right? Doesn't doesn't it always? Well, true. Yeah, truth. And, like, he doesn't even say somewhere the line... Where where was it where he oh. said something like, "We were interested in each other," and then? Well, I thought what I a line that stuck out to me that goes along with that is I love this. He felt against his shirt the agitation of her bosom, and I put under that what a juxtaposition to like when they were like in intimacy. Like yeah. at this point, her bosom was irritating to him, and if you think about people who kind of come together and it's like act of passion, right? Yeah, and then later. That intimacy is no longer it's no longer a good thing. It's an it's annoying. It's a hindrance. And we do have a note here. He's talking about how he felt um Mr. Dorm was very anxious indeed this Sunday morning, but it didn't make it made a note that he had just like he had gone to confession the uh-huh. night before. Like he was preparing to go I, to I mass loved that the next part. Morning. Yeah, he he was it's like he went through kind of his youthful atheistic stages. It talked about all that, like he would say how he doesn't believe in God and stuff like that. But all that's kind of behind him. Like he, mm-hmm. it's time for him to grow up. Um, yeah. So he's realizing that you know, the priest kind of really put him through the mill, so to speak, made him like give a good confession, if you will, right? Yeah, I, really I, be... I, I highlighted that part because I think you can read a lot into that part. I mean, well, where is that? Uh, the priest had drawn out every ridiculous detail of the affair and in the end had so yes. magnified his sin that he was almost thankful at being afforded a loophole Instead of, of like eternity in hell, you got this loophole. Do you know what this kind of... Okay, there's a stretch here. Okay. Remember the movie Knocked Up? Yes. It's kind of like Knocked Up. Oh, okay. Don't watch that movie if you're a practicing person who's Christian. <laughs> but like it's this dude... Who gets this girl pregnant, and they should have never hooked up in the first place. She was way out of his league. But then he, like, had to make the most of it, and, like, it made him grow up. And it was this this transformation. Right? Very pro-life film. It's, oh, like, yeah, the most it pro-life is. It is very, comedy yes. you'll ever see. It's Definitely. unbelievable that Hollywood made that. It's a, it's a Judd Apatow film. So check it out. Don't um, check it out. Check it out. Don't check it out. Um, so anyway, he's just been there. You know, he's preparing for a study. So... But he's, so he's kind of, he's mulling all this over, right? Because he's thinking, well, what am I supposed to do? Does he know the conversation's coming up and he's prepping himself for it? No, or? he doesn't. Okay, I wasn't. Polly knocks on his door, right? Oh, and I, he's you're thinking right. through all this. And Polly's like, yeah, my mom wants to talk to you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the worst words ever. I would think in my mind as we were, I was reading the story, or listening to it, rather, I was thinking through, like, the... I was sort of translating this into contemporary language and circumstance of like the big opposing woman. (laughs) Mom wants to talk to you, Uh, but I love her. Uh, My mom wants to see you down in the parlor. Go for it. The lady whose boarding house, you know, you live in and you rent from. She wants to talk to you about what happened, happened between us. I'll just wait up here while you. So wait a second. And I'm not trying to be crass here or anything, but did they like. So they 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 hooked oh, up no, fully. It's de- yes, it's okay. definitely. Okay, all right. All right. I, didn't, I didn't know what what that. I'll let it down. I, I yes. Yes, obviously. that's what I thought. Yeah. But. Um, so here's where it kind of I think the interesting turn of the story is toward the end as he's going down to talk with the mom. It's now wonderful. she, from her perspective, the mom knows how this is going to end. She's like, I'm going to. 
I'm going to have my way here. This will this this man will marry my daughter. So in her mind, she's going to talk to him and he's going to do what she wants to do. And from all and in, from her perspective, that's probably what happened. But notice who he runs into on the stairs, like some dude, right, with beard, Holly's brother. Oh, that's her brother. Yes. And he's he's got two. It said bass. Have you ever had bass? It's an Irish spirit. And when you make a black and tan, traditionally, use Guinness and bass. Right. They, he was he had two basses in his hands. Like, but wasn't it kind of like he was going to chill with the fellas with like his beer, and he's going down like his life's going to be different now. Well, notice where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where he says, um, he, as he's going down the stairs, he um. Oh, he glanced up and saw Jack regarding him from the door of the return room. Suddenly he remembered the night when one of the music hall artists, a little blonde Londoner, had made a rather free allusion to Polly. Uh The reunion had been almost broken up on account of Jack's violence. Everyone tried to quiet him. The music hall artist, a little paler than usual, kept smiling and saying there was no harm meant. But Jack kept shouting at him as if... Any fellow tried that sort of game on with his sister, he'd bloody well put his teeth in his throat. So he would. So he sees him looking at him. And remember, there's already some murmuring around the boarding house. Yeah, people know. It's taking place. I love it said Dublin is a small, like everyone knew each other's business in Dublin. And you don't think of, like, Dublin's pretty big, I guess. Yeah. So, So my thought, you don't know. Because he's you, the you know the last thing you hear from him is he's leaving his room, he's mulling over. Well, do I need to do this? The bachelor side of him is like, oh, don't get married, don't get, you're gonna get locked down. And then the other side, of, you know, the side of him who just went to confession went through all this is like, I gotta do this. this is the right thing to do. And the mom's obviously gonna be campaigning for that as well. But I kind of wonder if the thing that sealed it for him was glancing at her brother staring him down as he went down the stairs. And he's like, and that guy might beat the heck out of me. Yeah, they saluted coldly. (laughs) I don't. And the lover's eyes rested for a second or two on the thick bulldog face and a pair of thick short... Oh, no, is that the mom or the brother? The brother. Yeah, he he looks like a tough dude. Yeah, so I think he's like, you know, maybe this... Partly nursing two bottles of bass. Yeah. (laughs) So he was drinking. Yeah. Two at the same time. Yeah, it, it, it alluded earlier that he would frequently come home late, so he, he'd kind of be out. out and the brother? Late. Yeah, the brother, okay. Jack. Well, should we, should we get to this conclusion here? Because I love this. Yeah, so I kind of felt like when he leaves the staircase, he's like, he kind of already knows what he better do. Otherwise, he's going to be run out of town. Providence. Lose his job. And this is, decision is sort of made for him. That, that's kind of how I... How I read the end. This decision is made for him. Can I read the end in my broken English? Because I just love it so much. Yeah. I love it so much. Polly sat for a little time on the side of the bed crying. Then she dried her eyes and went over to the looking glass. She dipped the end of the towel in the water jug and refreshed her eyes with the cool water. She looked at herself in profile and readjusted a hairpin above her ear. Then she went back to the bed again and sat at the foot. She regarded the pillows for a long time, at the, and the sight of them awakened in her mind secret, amitable memories. She rested the nape of her neck against the cool iron bed rail and fell into reverie. There was no longer any perturbation visible on her face. This is the line I love. Mm-hmm. This is the line I love. She waited on patiently, almost cheerfully without alarm, 
her memories gradually giving place to hopes and visions of the future. Isn't that great? Mm-hmm. Her hopes and visions were so intricate that she no longer saw the white pillows on which her gaze was fixed or remembered that she was waiting for anything. At last she heard her mother calling. She started to her feet and ran to the banister. Polly, Polly. Yes, ma'am. Come down, dear. Mr. Doran wants to speak to you. Oh, reading it, it's just so good. And then she remembered what she had been waiting for. That's yeah. great. Yeah, she probably was, you know, thinking through, oh, well, you know, we'll get married and who knows who knows what will happen. Um, now, I'm sure that there could be a cynical reading of this. Like, yeah, well, but don't this, be that guy. this won't end well. These people made a mistake. Oh, they're young. Then... They got to they gotta have their master's degree. And but it's... Down but payment it's... on their condos and own a dog first and... I, I mean, Watch a TED talk. <laughs> I think it is interesting. You had the beginning of the story. This lady who her husband was a mess. Um, he went to the devil. Went to the devil, and you know she separated from him. He wasn't a safe guy. Got got herself together, and then you have you know it's, I think just this idea of our actions have some sort of permanent consequence to them. Yep. They don't mean nothing, and that there is then something you do. Yeah, when you, you make have, it right. You know, what's the, what's the, you made your bed and I have to lay in it. But there, make it it's right. not sort of a, um, yeah, like you said, I think there's a hopeful part to this story that this could. Do you remember that movie with Nicolas Cage? It's like a Christmas movie where he sees his life like he's oh, like I the, love that, what's that movie. movie called. It's, um, it, The Family Man. Yeah. Family Man. And he's like, if he would have ended up with the, he might even have gotten her pregnant. I don't know how it all happened, but like this suburban dad, like, he thought he wouldn't be happy, and he realized like that level of responsibility, and that was actually what would make him happy. Right. So he got married. Like when he goes, sees the alternate him, he like got married and had kids. Versus the other him took. They both took career roads, yeah. and they both were very successful in their careers. And then I guess at the end, it was kind of like maybe they still well, got. They could have gotten together. But there's that scene. He sees her in the airport, and she like he tells her all the stuff that he. He's like, I basically, have, yeah. I basically, I'm getting a little choked up talking. Yeah, about basically, it. like I saw our lives together. We had kids. This is what it was, and I feel like I, you know, something along the lines. It's beautiful. He's trying to get her to just give him the time of day. She was not. She obviously didn't have that. But I, yeah, there's a little something here. Like I think, you know, two roads, right? And this guy's kind of playing these bo- both things in his mind. And I love the I love the the idea that well sometimes there's just a right thing to do. Amen. And there's not there's really not two choices. There's only though, one. Even though we want want to think that there is. So this was good. We're at the thirty minute mark. We always try to kind of wrap it up around now. But Joyce, man, what a what a talent. What a wonderful portrayer of people, right? Yeah, and if you've enjoyed these, there are a lot of other Dubliners you could meet and get to know. Go for it. In the rest of the collection. So like I mentioned, we'll be posting on the on my blog um, the specific stories we picked by Eudora Welty for May. I think we'll enjoy those. Um, but until then, don't go after anybody with a meat cleaver in your house. Stay safe. God bless. Bye.